For Canadians, paying with Interact Debit is synonymous with access to your own money. In 2018, Canadians made over 6 billion Interact Debit transactions, the equivalent of 160 per person. Interact Debit is accepted at nearly 500,000 businesses across Canada and growing. Learn more at newsroom.interact.ca. Hey everyone, it's Friday, July 26. I've got the regulars here, Shannon Pravda, McLean's, and David Reevely of the Canadian Press. Hi to you both. Hi. How's your week going? Great. Great. Really, yeah, I mean, it's just about the last week of July. There's news. There's actually There's news. There's stuff yeah. going on. But the not world too is much interesting. News. There's the right helping of news. Yes, that's right. Yes. Good. Good. How are the kids? Good. Yes, they're good. Camps? They're, yeah, summer camp for my oldest. My little dude's still in daycare. Uh, it's good. Gram- Actually, we, we have grandma and grandpa arriving this weekend for a oh, week of childcare. Nice. So God bless the grandparents. Good. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll get right into it. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's former right-hand man, Gerald Butts, is back in the picture, at least temporarily. News broke this week that he's joined the Liberals' campaign team in advance of the upcoming federal election. Butts resigned from his post as principal secretary earlier this year due to the ongoing SNC-Lavalin controversy. Uh, shortly thereafter, he he um, he joined the consulting group Eurasia or consulting firm Eurasia Group. Uh, opposition MPs have come out criticizing the decision and, and sort of poking fun at the whole ordeal of it, calling his decision to resign in the first place a bit phony. Um, it seemed too that the the conservatives were hoping to pump some more fuel into the fire by making themselves available on Monday for like media questioning and mm-hmm. particularly Pierre Polyev, who seems to always be ready for uh, media scrums. So do we still not know sort of the full capacity of what his position will be yeah. on this I think campaign? At this point, I think what's been said is that it's still a volunteer capacity, that he's not on a payroll. He's just sort of advising, but has been participating in strategy sessions for some time. I don't think we know yet if there's an official title even in the offing. Um, I don't know if you can I, – I don't know how to guess what will happen there, but the point is he's back in the fold. The inter, An interesting question to me is sort of to what degree – like he, he, he is viewed as a, a really smart yes. political strategic brain. I think it's also interesting to what degree he is um, – like a security blanket for Trudeau and just knows mm-hmm. the guy so well as a candidate, like to what degree this is about a one-to-one really close productive relationship with like your dude who's about to head out on the trail and to what degree it is he is just a really smart strategic that's, brain that the party as a whole needs. Like they're they're kind of the same thing, but kind of not. I'm just sort of interested. That's what in I was wondering too. A, and like whether or not his, his brain, like his influence is worth – is that is worth him coming back and sort of making a bit of a splash again? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, um, I'll leave it to David to talk about the, the poll stuff on SNC. Like, I would argue that if 2015 is any indication, and I do think they had a very advantageous moment for what they were offering that I don't think is the same moment they have now, um, I think he showed that he plays the game really well and that he is very, very good at showcasing what Trudeau liberals can do and can mean. Um I would argue that I, I think maybe there's more to be gained than lost. Just personally, that's just my guess. Mm. I don't know mm-hmm. how much it is remarkable and sort of astonishing and bizarre in a way how much SNC was this massive albatross around their neck <laughs> yeah. through the end of the winter mm-hmm. and is just like a puff of smoke now. And I don't know how much that's going to revive in the public imagination just because he's back in the fold, especially since that news broke in July, by September, by the time yeah. the campaign gets going. 
I don't, that doesn't feel to me like the kind of stuff that normal people get really head up about, but I could yeah. be way off. I, I think, I think the two points you just made, Shannon, are, are right. I think liberals really believe in his political smarts and his ability to link their political message to actual policy promises that when you look at them closely, you can see like, yes, what they're saying they will do and what they say their goals are actually do line up. Um, so you don't get a gap there between, you can disagree with their their goals, but their policies actually lead you to the goals mm-hmm. that, that they're promising uh, so that they don't have a, a, a cracks that they can fall into. And being a Trudeau whisperer, like being, a, being a, a, a political leader working hard on the campaign trail is, it's brutal. It is one of the hardest things I think uh, you know a first world person can do. Like the hours are crazy. Yeah, yeah, You've got yeah. to perform. You say the wrong one single wrong word, and you torpedo the work of hundreds, thousands of people coast to coast. Having someone who can steady you, someone who can talk things through with you, someone who can focus you, someone yeah. you can actually genuinely feel relaxed with. That's it, uh, enormously valuable to a leader. And he, it sounds like, from what I've read, he's a very optimistic person to, you know, for Trudeau as well. I think it helps that he won't actually be, it's not like he's going to be in the public eye. Well, that remains to be seen yeah. because he well, has a true. way of not remaining in the shadows, right? He has never been that guy. He, like, like he, to an unusual degree, the couple of key back room people have become front room faces and names yeah. in, in kind of the Trudeau Certainly administration. To people who pay attention, yeah. To people who pay attention, to right. That kind it's, of thing. It's a specific subject. They're very visible. One thing I I will find interesting is, uh, to me, Trudeau himself has lost a bit of his sparkle the last few months. He has looked dragged down. He has looked beleaguered. He has looked tired, um, unsurprisingly, given everything that's been going on. But his ability to really light up on the trail and get people really excited is an enormous asset to his party. Like, whatever you think about the policies or whatever else, like... He's a good campaigner. He's a great campaigner. And if having his best bud back in the fold kind of reignites that spark or gives them some confidence or whatever that... I don't think is a is a small um, asset and benefit for them heading it's into true. September. I, I also thought, you know, would backbench MP, liberal MPs get frustrated with this? Like, okay, here's a guy, you know, our, our party's promised that we're, we're, we're changing, we've got a new face, uh, we, we made choices, he's gone. Would, would backbench your MPs go, okay, this is kind of annoying, this guy's come back up again, kind of deflate the, the party dynamics, but... I, I don't think there are too many backbench MPs who don't believe in Trudeau yeah, and yeah. whatever works for him. And I think they, they, I mean, the couple who really didn't believe in Trudeau are no longer MPs. And there, <laughs> there have been right. a few others who are their MPs, but no longer liberal MPs. And there are a few who have, have maybe if they've lost their enthusiasm, they're not running again. But you, I mean, as another leader said, you dance with the one would brung you. And yeah. Trudeau brung them. Well, to that point, it could actually be more... Um, well, we don't know the contents of the book that she's going to release, but Jody Wilson-Raybould's book to be released in September could maybe be a little bit more of a wrinkle. Who knows what it will be? It's, it's, it's supposed to be more of a... It's probably going to be... It's going to be a little, little <laughs> fold in A little the, bit of a thing, yeah. yeah. It's, it, is billed, it, is, it is billed by the publisher. She's releasing this book. I think September 20th is the release date, smack in the middle of the campaign. Well, maybe sort of on the early side of the campaign, about a month out from election day, assuming everything goes as That's we're planned. expecting. Yeah. It is billed as a book about reconciliation, um, and no, there is a lot to write about on the subject of... Reconciliation right. with Indigenous peoples, uh, but of course, how Jody Wilson-Raybould herself fit into the power structure of the Canadian government and what she thinks that 
relationship and its fracture says about the state of reconciliation. There could be many there chapters be on that subject many. if she cares to include them. Right, right. Okay. Um, so let's get to the polls then because there was a, 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 a Canadian press poll um, Leger did it for us. Right. Yep. Uh, conducted, and it was out this morning, I, I read. Um, so sort of saying that the SNC dark cloud has been lifted to some degree. The, the Liberals still fall behind the Conservatives just by a few points, but they're up from where they were a couple yeah. months ago. And, and that's this this poll that Leger did for, for Canadian press is broadly consistent, I think, with several other polls that we've right. seen recently that generally show the Conservatives ahead by a couple of points, but only a couple of points as opposed to six, eight, yes. more than that, numbers that had Conservatives feeling really pleased. This this poll shows much more of a fight. Yeah. Uh, and if you look at the regional breakdowns as well, it you know it, the Tories can be ahead by a couple of points, but they stack up massive support, especially in Alberta and Saskatchewan, somewhat in Manitoba. But... According to this poll, the Liberals are uh, competitive in BC, ahead in Ontario and Quebec, which is where tons of seats are, and ahead in Atlantic Canada. So Hmm. the Tories could be ahead by a couple of points, but nowhere near um, winning power in a seat count. And that, if I'm a Conservative, that dynamic has me a little bit concerned. But to your point, sorry, which I just wandered away from, the the Christian Bork, the, the pollster and analyst at Leger says, you know, he thinks this shows the SNC cloud yes, lifting. Right. That, you know, it has kind of that scandal and it was a scandal and it went on and on and on. But it kind of has done the damage that it's going to do. Yep. And people who really lost faith in the Liberals over it lost faith in the Liberals right. over it. But it's not continuing to harm them. Right. That makes sense. I'm sort of curious whether because like the the sort of trajectory we've seen for the Liberals, I think going back about two or three months, if I have the right timeline, is this sort of bottoming out and then just the boomerang starting to curve back up again. I'm I'm interested in to what degree the Liberals pulled this back out of the fire and to what degree the Conservatives may have lost an opportunity because it's not clear to me yet from what we're seeing in the polls whether it's just people kind of forgiving and letting go of the SNC thing or whatever's happening and people are drifting back to the Liberal fold or for whatever reason, the Tories and Sheer are just not getting traction, not seeming like an appealing option. I'm kind of, I haven't yet had a sense of which side of that equation is more relevant here. I think personally, I think it's probably a bit of both. Yeah, and of course, one of the of other, course. The that's other, the, the, the other. intelligent answer is little a, <laughs> little a, yeah, little a, yeah, little a, little a. <laughs> Let's be unnecessarily I'm, reductive here. That is the way I prefer to operate. I'm beige. I'm very, I'm gray. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, one of the other questions, well, two questions in the, in the polls said, do the liberals deserve another term? I can't. I think it was a majority, a bare majority, maybe a large plurality, but approximately fifty percent of people said no, they don't. Huh. Do are the Tories ready to form government? More respondents said no to that than anything else. So we're all right. kind of looking at the two yeah. major parties and going, well, yeah, <laughs> uh, I guess. convince us. <laughs> Okay, we'll move on. So we we saw this one coming. Boris Johnson, or Bojo, as he's commonly referred to, uh, was sworn in as Britain's next prime minister on Wednesday, succeeding Theresa May, who failed to deliver on Britain's exit from the European Union, which was sort of the main impetus for her, her replacement. Um, so who is this man? Johnson is a conservative MP and former mayor of London. He actually started as a journalist, which I hadn't known until this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. A very... I, 
big deal journalist. Yes. A big deal journalist. Fireball, okay, yeah. yeah. And he's got this sort of celebrity vibe. He's appeared on a variety of talk shows. He's become internationally known personality. He's he looks a little like Trump, a little like Gary Busey. The, the New York Times just. <laughs> I think I saw I saw a tweet. That's perfect. I, I, yeah. I saw a tweet yeah. that I, said something like Trump congratulates Boris Johnson for becoming prime minister, and it was a picture of Gary Busey. Yeah, it's great. I like to think that I thought of that on my own, but I'm sure I saw that somewhere else. It's good. The it's, New York. Let's go with it. No, that's yours as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> the New York Times described him as uh, quote arguably the most improv- uh, improvisational and least predictable politician in recent British history. On Wednesday, he delivered a let's get off our asses and kind of do this shit kind of speech. He promised a, a follow through on Brexit come October 31st on Halloween and said his new cabinet, some of whom uh, were part of May's cabinet, will tackle this massive hurdle, which is uh, which, which he wasn't, sh- you know, shy in admitting that it's going to be a huge thing to overcome. It feels like a long time coming, mostly because he headed up the Leave campaign in 2016 when, and then after David Cameron stepped down, it was sort of like, okay, he's going to be set to become the next Well, sort of. There was a bit of a feeling of the rats fleeing the deck of a sinking ship after Brexit went through these organizers of the Leave campaign were sort of like, oh, crap. oh sh- shit, really? We're doing this? And and kind of just scattered. And so now it's sort of come right. full circle again to where I mean, he's apparently come to a place where I mean, he's always wanted this job is a big part of his story, yeah. perhaps not under such fraught conditions. Because um, at one point, wasn't he saying, like, I'm not fit for this job? Yeah, he has at various times said, but but he also has, this is his very bombastic person. I think he was on, like, a late night U.S. show a few years ago yeah. where he just sort of dismissed out of hand the idea that he wanted to be prime minister or ever could. But that's part of his brand, right? That's mm-hmm. part of his sort of shambolic put-on personality. Yeah, no, me, no. Surely, <laughs> so, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, really, me? Oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay, perhaps. sure, I guess. And key, yeah. key, uh, I, the key thing about Johnson is he w- was not a lever initially. He had to make up his mind. Yeah. It was quite a big deal. It went on for he days. Had which two side speeches. Is he he yeah. wrote two parallel speeches. I'm in favor of staying or I'm in favor of leaving. And just kind of like picked one at oh, the last God. minute to yeah. pick a side. And since then, he's become this this avatar for the the, the leave side and a staunch Brexiteer who insists that really all Britain needs is more pluck and all will be achieved. But, uh, I mean, this is like three months away. Yeah. And three months ago, the parliament was tearing itself apart and May brought her package to... 27 votes in a row and and ministers resigned left and right and the whole time the EU is standing there like okay yeah, we're uh, like, hello, like sitting here no. with my arms crossed yeah, yeah like, <laughs> you, we're, we're there are terms and yeah. we're not changing them but how likely is it he's going to have success if she didn't have well that's where I think like to David's point absolutely three months a lot of stuff to figure out he is a bizarrely charming human being. Like that's where I know there's like surface parallels that get drawn to Trump. I don't actually find him that similar to Trump at all. Mm. I think one of the operative things about him is he's very, very smart. Hmm. Like he has this put on Mm -hmm. kind of ludicrous clown persona that works for him. But I think underneath it is an intense intelligence, a very like kind of smart reptilian sort of, I will be whatever will work in the moment. I I would not argue that. I think that's the Trump parallel that he can. Yeah. But well, personally, I've never bought the idea that Trump is playing like ninth dimensional chess. I think I just don't, that's just not the the reptilian sense of. Sure. Where the currents are going, sure, I yeah. agree with you on everything else. I think yeah. I think that is the the, the point of commonality. Sure, I get that. Um, but anyway, but th- but, but he yeah. he has had a series of 
scandals, blow-ups, like even even something as dumb as remember him coming down the zip line uh, oh, at the yeah. opening mm-hmm. ceremonies of the 2012 Olympics <laughs> yeah. and getting stuck yeah. with like Hilarious. the crotch straps and like there was nothing <laughs> about that that could have been more undignified if you'd tried and yet it didn't turn him into this like fatal right. laughing stock. He seems to have this ability to bring everything along and I, and I, you know there's been all these profiles written of him in the last week or two. Everybody who's worked with him said like he was just a force of chaos, but yet everyone loved him. Like you yeah. couldn't help be drawn into that. So if there is that kind of charismatic magnetism, that really smart reptilian brain, the deal making, the making people feel good, right. that is where, I mean, whatever actual legitimate policy issues there were, May did not seem to be having luck with right. just getting people on side. Maybe, Maybe someone like him, um, you know, that's separate from the substance of the deal and how difficult it is to work out. But he seems to have this kind of weird ability to, yeah. to make friends everywhere he goes. Maybe less polarizing. Uh, yeah, and maybe, I mean, the Europeans seem quite clear about the rules by which Britain will leave. Uh, you know, you can take this deal or you can take no deal. And that's, you know, we can maybe mess with the decimal places. The question is whether the Brits will go along with it. And May could not get yeah. the best deal she could get through Parliament. Conceivably, Johnson could get a deal through Parliament. I don't know that anything about the fundamentals has changed in the relationship between the UK and the European Union, but maybe he can do things domestically that she could right, do. There are still huge things that need to be worked out. I mean, he is, has no, he's no magic he's ability He's also been to, pretty pugnacious, right, about saying we'll go with no deal if we have to. So yeah, I guess he's which sort is of not trying popular. to call the ultimatum a bit or, or, or like sort of call the game of chicken. Yeah. But, what's, what's the, but that's a game of chicken. Sorry, I'm. but I mean, no deal is terrible for Britain. Yeah. It's not great for the EU, yeah. but it's way worse for Britain. And so to say, oh, well, we'll go out with no deal. Like, we will shoot ourselves in the head if exactly. we have to make this work. <laughs> if you don't Take give me that, what I Europe. want. But I mean, where does he stand on like, I don't know, other... It's not just Brexit, right? The thing is, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm viewing it like, oh, he's just going to take Britain through Brexit. It's well, no, he's actually becoming the prime minister. Like, he's got to have other policies. There's immigration. And he's insisted that, like, that he's in no hurry to call another election. That it's sort of stand pat. I mean, I imagine the reality is right now Brexit eats up 99% of the oxygen. And I mean, of course, there's a country to run, but I don't yeah. think there's a lot of thought or energy devoted to like how he's going to approach other policy challenges because this one's so enormous right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. It's a tall order. Yeah. I mean, he's a he's a sort of a conservative by by class, you know, just raised right. wealthy, went to all the good schools and that sort of thing. He's he's an urban kind of a guy. He was the mayor of London. Yeah. He pushed through um, you know, bike, huge bike infrastructure, was not afraid to be seen looking like a bit of a doof, uh, riding his bike and with a helmet and all that <laughs> straw-colored hair sticking out from underneath. Uh, I mean, I think he's, he's, he's not a... Brexiteer in the, you know, if we can just go back to the 1950s, Britain will have its empire back. I don't get the sense he's that kind of a guy. Right. But as Shannon says, I think, you know, Brexit is eating everything up. Right. It's and it's nothing else matters. It's interesting, too, to me that he came down to this kind of, I'm going to inject something very dumb here. It reminds me of when they get down to the final episode of The Bachelor or Bachelorette <laughs> and like they have two people left <laughs> and they God, just can't tell moment. who they're in love with. Yeah. Like that he got down to this point of writing two speeches, pro-Brexit, yeah. anti-Brexit, and then kind of picked one because his journalism career, like where he mm. achieved massive prominence and people loved him or hated him and he built a reputation for playing pretty fast and loose with the yeah. facts but being That's enormously right. entertaining yeah. was all about 
Brussels and the ludicrous bureaucracy as he presented it yeah. of Brexit. Like he delighted in playing with things like uh, Brussels is going to standardize condom sizes. Like mm-hmm. this is the thing. So he actually has quite a long history of sort of picking at those scabs that have now come to fruition in this kind of anti-Brexit deal. So it's it's interesting to me that that was apparently not anti-EU, that yeah. deeply held, uh, or anti-EU, sorry. Yeah. He seems um, to do whatever's fun and seems ex- to do whatever seems I to be in his own interest. Him <laughs> and he is, he is enormously fun if you don't have to live in this country. Right, yeah. Well, and apparently his his time as the mayor wasn't all that, you know, great. I mean, uh, no, although, yeah, he was a complicated guy. Although, although I don't it know It was interesting that, that he got voted in in the first place. A yeah. conservative has never yeah. been mayor of a cosmopolitan city like London. So what does that tell you about the chameleon-like nature of that dude or the moment? And he got reelected, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. So, I, I also read though that like the, the the role of the mayor in London is not really sure. that influential of a position. Sure. But anyway, one of your uh, one of the reports at Canadian Press actually wrote a good piece on this: why Canada should care about this in terms of trade. What is going to change, if anything, about his uh, certainly appointment. the 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 Brits say it's steady as she goes in terms of those foreign relations. It's not like he's got some completely different agenda. He, he doesn't really have time to pay attention to much that isn't right. Europe. Uh, Canada is, is sort of now, I mean, we, ha- we have our kind of center leftist uh, Trudeau, evidence-based policy, etc. And our two closest allies in the world are led by guys who lead from their guts. And uh, for better or for worse. And so figuring mm-hmm. out how we can kind of protect Canada's interests when, I mean, Johnson is prime minister in part to reduce the importance of a major world power, right. a, a multilateral institution at, at the European Union. Um, he's going to take Britain out of it. And uh, Trump is very happy to destroy virtually any multilateral institution if right. he sees a percentage in it for the United States, whether it's actually there or not, if he se- believes it is. Canada, on the flip side, Canada is, um, because we are friends with Britain, historically, we might provide opportunities for quick wins for a Prime Minister Johnson. Right. You're, um, the UK is going to need new trade deals if it crashes out of yeah. uh, the EU. It's not going to have any. Canada and Britain, you know, Could, we're, we can we're talk looking, to each we other. We need to diversify yes. our trade, too, because yeah. things are not so, so that could be, yeah. dory there either. We have traditional military alliances. We have, you know, we might actually be quite useful mm-hmm. uh, to Britain in ways that can make Britain quite useful to us. Right. So, it's, so, so we, you know, we've seen a lot of comparisons to him and Trump. Should Canada approach this new appointment with the same sort of caution we approach with Trump? I think Johnson is, I think he remembers from minute to minute the stuff that he said in a way <laughs> yeah. that Trump does not. Yeah, yeah that's get, a good yeah. distinction. And that's a good, yeah. if he yeah. promises something to another country, he will, you know, remember yeah. that he made that promise and it, it will actually sort of mean something. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, he, I, I don't think he's a chaos monster in the same way Trump is internationally. Yeah. So okay. I don't think our foreign affairs people necessarily have to treat Johnson the way they've right gotten accustomed to tiptoeing around Trump just because you never know what he might do. Right. On the other hand, uh, you know, we matter less to Britain even than we do to, to the United States. Yeah. We don't have the same level of trade. Yeah. We do have these historical ties, these deep historical ties, but yeah. the relationship's not the same. 
Good analysis. Okay. On to the last topic here. Former U.S. Special Counsel Robert Mueller testified on Wednesday before the House Judiciary Committee about his report on Russian interference in the 2016 election. This was a highly anticipated event, one that was um, that will almost certainly be made into a blockbuster movie, but ended up being a little lackluster, not surprising there. He promised to be uh, boring, and, and that he was. Over the last two years, Mueller was assigned to look into whether Russians interfered with the outcome of the 2016 election, whether Trump the Trump campaign campaign conspired with the Russian government and whether the president obstructed justice along the way. He di- in this report he deemed that yes there was Russian interference, no there was not con- sort of conclusive evidence that the Trump campaign purposely colluded um, or conspired with the Russians. Um, but he left the last part the, that you know whether or not Trump um, obstructed justice as a how would you call it just like a question mark like I can't can't go there. Go there. Eat one way or the other. I can't go right. there. Right. So let so that this testimony was was supposed to be digging into the to the report, but he couldn't really say much. I I sort of have come to think of both the Democrat and the Republican purpose here was like, you know those blurbs you see on a movie and it's like a terrible direct to DVD movie, <laughs> but there's like dot 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 a stellar ride dot 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 so and so at like LA yeah, Weekly yeah, yeah. or whatever and you know that the it's rest good. of the sentence was this is a steaming pile of garbage with a few <laughs> moments that maybe could be considered a stellar ride and they cut the rest of it out and there they get their blurb so both the Republicans and the Democrats went into that wanting to set up Mueller in whatever way they could to give them a blurb that either said the president mm, was mm-hmm. doing dirty deeds done cheap here or total exoneration witch hunt blah de blah Mueller's purpose was to avoid giving either of them those sound bites. Yeah. And in that respect, he was spectacularly <laughs> successful, right? He like, was. Prosecutorial, careful, sure, boring. But I think people might have had really jacked up unrealistic expectations. Yes. Like this wasn't going to be, and we've also had a, a bunch of examples lately, right, of quite explosive public testimonies, like both in Canada and the yes. US, like Christine Blasey Ford. That was right. jaw-dropping television, right? And then Brett Kavanaugh. And then here in Canada, you know, remember Michael Wernick opening with yes. someone's going to get shot, Joey <laughs> and Raybould, like I remember the expletives in my yeah. office. So we've kind of been conditioned to expect this like boom, like season mm-hmm. ender. And that's just not what this was meant to be. So in that sense, I guess, and, and we can sort of pick apart the finer mm-hmm. points of like whether the Democrats or the Republicans came up more short in what they were trying to accomplish politically here. But Mueller seemed to be doing a pretty deft job of kind of parrying the attacks to me. Yeah. yeah. And as he said, uh, just after his report was released in that, that very brief, if it wasn't really a press conference, just a speech, you know, I, my report is my testimony. That's what I have to say. Huh. It is 400 pages long, uh, and that's it. I, and I don't think it would be appropriate for me to testify before Congress. Congress called him in. He's like, all right, Congress Fine. calls. Yeah. I'll be there. But I can't tell you anything that's not already in the report. So it was, it was about, as Shannon says, picking away at those things. I mean, I think that the sort of the most powerful point of it all was his opening, the end of his opening statement where he said, and if I could just say something, you know, um, that, that was the one thing he seemed comfortable right. really leaning into yeah. about the Russian like it was foreign the, interference. Right. It was like, uh, you know, this is a, I've spent a lot of times over my years looking at the um, challenges to our democracy and this stands out as one of those moments. And I want every, well, I'm yeah. paraphrasing, but I want every American to, to, to wake up. If of. you look at the, at the list too, I mean, okay, this, this testimony was kind of boring, but there's a 400 page report. The president's campaign chairman is in jail. The former national security advisor is headed there if he's not actually there now. Um, the, you know, the de- there are deputy campaign figures, less consequential people who have been charged with things, who have pleaded guilty to them. Like yeah. virtually, 
tons of people in Trump's orbit have have faced charges and pleaded guilty to them or been convicted of them. There are a whole bunch of um, Russian uh, internet bot farmers who are, are facing charges if they ever set foot in the United States for all this kind of thing. Like the report's explosive enough, it just because the guy wasn't that interesting in front of a microphone. You're right, and and maybe the point again was to just reinforce some of those major. Um, components of the report so that everyday Americans can listen in again and again and hear those comments. I, I think that's the case for the Democrats yeah. in particular because the, 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 the facts in the report are extremely Extremely, damning. yeah. But the whole thing, I mean, was was downplayed by Bill Barr, the attorney general, before it was released, before anybody got to see it. Uh, and that has polluted all the discussion about yes. it, I think. Um, and so they're trying to get that back on track. I mean, some were critical of his decision-making, sort of saying, like, if anyone else tried to cover up evidence or fire someone in an investigation, they would be charged with a crime, you know? And so no one is above the law, and nor should uh, Trump Well, except that by Department of Justice orders, the sitting president quite literally in some ways is. And there was, like, that sort of very pointed moment. moment. It was very strange where someone asked the question, like, if this directive from the Department of Justice that you cannot indict a sitting president had not existed, would you have indicted this guy? And and Mueller answered in some way in the affirmative, which was, like, kind of the dun-dun-dun of the day because the the kind of mechanics of the report, like we were kind of talking about it a bit earlier, about the I can't go there on on culpability was quite subtle, right? It was a really delicate kind of back-and-forth legal thing. Like, because you can't indict a sitting president, he could not have a chance to defend himself in court against any accusations. Therefore, I cannot make accusations in this report that would be unfair, but I'm also not saying there are no accusations to be made. Like, that's quite a lot of subtle little leaps. And then later in the day, he clarified clarified just that wasn't what I meant to say. Like, I yeah, don't know if he just misheard or what, mm. but he he very specifically walked it back. It was a question, I think, that was posed in the negative. Uh, you know, was right. it, it had like a negative. Uh, yeah, okay. it wasn't, but for this, would you have charged yeah. him? Sure. It was, yeah. um, you know, could you, in light of this, could you, the, the Office of Legal Counsel direction, could you charge him? No. But it wasn't quite, would you like to have? On the flip side of that, though, there was another question from a Democratic uh, member of Congress um, to the effect of, you know, this this people on one party have billed this as a total exoneration. Is that what this is? No. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's right. That was a headline everywhere. But, like, where I just get despairing is that's not going to stop Trump and all his surrogates from screaming that. It's not going to stop the people who believe that from believing it. And I just end up in a place where I'm like, does anything matter matter. anymore? Like, literally, does anything on earth even matter anymore? That's what I feel. At least anything in American politics. This, yeah, as journalists, feels, I think yeah. I find that we all find that very distressing. It the is. idea that you can report things that are true and people just kind of go, "Well, that's, yeah. that's I not, believe like, something else." I've literally seen people on on um, sort of Facebook political groups. I've literally seen people say, "I understand this is not what this is, but I prefer to believe it. Like it's more fun <sighs> this way, so that's what I'm going with." And that is a whole other. Level. When he comes out after saying, "Like, you know, Robert Miller did a terrible job." He did a terrible job, but I don't blame him because he had nothing to work with. Like, that's just so... Look anyway. at this terrible report that exonerated me completely. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> you want to square that circle for yeah. us? Anyway, let's go into the weekend. Okay, that's all for us. Twitter handles, please. I am at David Reevely. And I am at S. Proudfoot. And I'm at Turnbull Cero. See you later. Fast, safe, and reliable. 
Interact eTransfer is one of the best ways to send, request, and receive money. In fact, Canadians used the service to complete 371 million transactions in 2018. That's nearly 11 times the population of Canada. Learn more at newsroom.interact.ca.